This podcast is made in association with DrunkMummySoberMummy.com and Cuppa, the free social network for the sober and sober curious. This episode is sponsored by Liars, simply the finest alcohol-free spirits the world has ever seen. Oh, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good. And this is Sober Awkward. Right, Lucy, over to you. Thanks, Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey, and Vic and I are at completely different stages, you'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon? Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober. Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. Here we are, Lucy, back in the uh, sober, awkward studio. As usual, Alan's poking his head in. Got anything, you know, wise words for us this morning, Alan? Nope. Usual (laughs) self. Yes. Yes, that was very exciting. Yeah, very changed my life, (laughs) that guy has. (laughs) No, we mustn't laugh because he has been trying very hard. Yes. We've we've only been in here about an hour trying to get started. Everything keeps going wrong. I just called him useless, which me and Lucy have now decided is possibly the worst thing you could ever say to someone. You are useless. I mean, yeah. it's terrible, isn't it? Sorry, Alan. I yeah. do apologise. He's, he's not, not useless. He's not useless at all. Yeah, he's he, sticking his fingers up are. at me from inside. He's doing the V sign. <laughs> We've had a bit of a slow start. Yeah, we? That's we have. Cool. So, yeah, we're, here we are again anyway, back in the booth. I mean, we always say that every week, but it is where we come and we get rather excited about it. It feels like our own little pub that without alcohol we just have our fizzy drinks don't we Lucy yes our little Mount Franklin our little Mount Franklin we should get we, we should get them on board to advertise because <laughs> we, really we mention it every bloody week we really should do that plus I'm always buying them every week so you I'm are. probably one of their yeah. best consumers useless <laughs> dear oh dear well, I'm sorry that we've missed a few episodes. I think we missed two, didn't we? Because we've all been on holiday. I had COVID. There's been all sorts of shit going down, hasn't there, Luce? Yeah, it's been a bit crazy. And I mean, everyone seems to be getting COVID at the moment. I yeah. thought it had gone. I thought, I, thought, gone. I thought we were over all of that. Alan hasn't, has it? I just spoke to him and he's got some sort of immunity, he thinks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's what uh, a couple of my friends, males, uh, yeah. they, they think they're, uh, <laughs> think they're alpha, They think they're alpha males because they their... haven't got it. Because they're hot-blooded or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fools. He'll be off next week. Go, oh, I'm impaired. I've got COVID. <laughs> He'll laugh in his face. Not a supreme human after all, yeah. are uh-huh. you? <laughs> and Lucy's been on holiday to Tassie. How was that, Lucy? Yeah, really lovely. Went there for just over a week with my two teenage daughters. Hired a car and drove around. And we were so lucky. We had incredible weather. Oh, nice. Uh, one thing that I did notice when we were uh, sort of there and checking out all the 
food places and the drink places on the side of the road. Because for anyone who's been, you'll know that Tasmania is a foodie's paradise. You sort of just drive around mm. and there'll be somewhere that sells local honey on the side of the road. Nice. Or like a raspberry farm or a oh, cheese yeah. factory. But of course there were heaps of wineries and distilleries. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, so well. Did you speed yeah. up the car as yeah. you drove past the signs? <laughs> My hands were shaking and I was yeah. on tight with the steering. Hold on, girls. I can go past. I can do this. Yeah. No, it was interesting because uh, one of my daughters is 18. So they were certainly a, a chance that I could uh, go into them with the girls. And I, I kind of thought about how it would have been if I was drinking. I yep. definitely would have stopped at one, two, three, four, five of them yeah. and dragged the girls in. And I know that I probably would have kind of forced my 18-year-old to have a drink with me. Yeah, uh, My 16-year-old would have been probably asking for one and very bored and pissed off that she couldn't have one. Yeah, Would have probably bought a bottle of whatever it was they were making and having, you know, drunk that in the evening in the accommodation. And it would have made for quite a different trip yeah. to the one that we had. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so instead... We didn't stop at any of them. Uh, we went out for dinner every night. Nice. My 18-year-old knows if she wants a glass of wine with dinner, she can have one. I don't mind that. Didn't, she didn't want one because I didn't have one. And not a right. drop of alcohol was consumed um, on the whole trip. There you go. Leading great. by example there. Yeah. I mean, it just shows if you'd been drinking... She would have drank and you would have drunk together and you probably would have, you know, got pissed together on your holiday and then been hung over the next day. And it just wouldn't have been the same experience at all, would it? It would have been so different. And yeah. it really made me think, because we've chatted on here before, Vic, about how when you tell people that you're not drinking, they question you and people try to force you to drink. Mm. And we're also, both of us, quite ashamed about the way that Terribly we have guilty of that people into drinking. And the reality is, if I was still drinking, I would be pushing my 18 year old to do it with me yeah that's the truth that is the truth I same here I mean yeah well you just you're so in that bubble aren't you that you can't see out of it so what you just want people to join the party so that it doesn't reflect badly on you if they're in there with you yeah yeah and I'm so glad that that isn't something that happened and instead we gorged on cheeses and honey yeah. and I have to admit my vegetarian ways did go out of the oh, window did they? because of all the beautiful <laughs> seafood and yeah. everything like that but That's yeah it was funny. a fantastic trip and you went to Sydney yeah I went to Sydney and I climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge which with my son, which I was quite nervous about, but I got on with it and had a lovely time and I saw loads of old mates so I used to live in Sydney and yeah, we just had the best time. I had a nice family time. I didn't look at my phone so much. I was trying. I was just thinking, oh God, I don't want to spend my holiday. It's just like drinking, looking at the phone almost, isn't it, when you're with your kids? Mm. It's a total distraction. And I, you know, you can get addicted to it as like you can alcohol. I mean, it's not, it doesn't make you flash your knickers at a policeman when you're looking at your phone like <laughs> booze did, but like... I, I tried not to distract myself with my phone so much, which was really good because I was staying in some really lovely places. We went to Pitwater and stayed in a little boathouse and it was all lovely. So I did have the best time. And actually, I was glad to be home because it's always nice to get home and be cosy and, and get, you know, get all your favourite things around you, which is my bed generally and my TV, <laughs> which is, sounds really lame. But yeah. I thought you were going to say your tea bags. <laughs> no, and my tea bags. I yes. expect you took them with you, though. I did. You? You I took go, two packets. You don't go anywhere without your tea. 
tea bags. No, I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah, I had my Bengal spice oh, tucked yes. in every pocket mm. and every orifice. Yes, well, you don't even need to drink that stuff. Just the smell of the tea bags <laughs> enough to get you, yes, make you feel me good. Yeah, I'm like sniffing the box. Best tea ever. It is the we best. should have them sponsoring us. We should. Us. Yeah, we're, we're advertising all these companies for free. Well, I must say thank you from the lady from Budrim Teas as well because she dropped tea round for Lucy and I, which I need to give you. Ooh, um, yeah, but we have some really exciting news today, don't we, Lucy? We do. It's time for a little drum roll. And perhaps a little raising of the trumpets. What else? What else is a celebratory noise? Fly some flags. Fly some flags. Can Maybe Alan can add some flapping not, noises. Yeah. Yeah, not red ones. <laughs> not red ones, no. Bright, <laughs> colourful, rainbow ones. Rainbow ones, we yeah. do. Um, because we have a big announcement today, don't we, Lucy? We do. We have some very exciting news for all our lovely, sober, awkward listeners and anybody else. Because the kettle has officially boiled people... Today we're introducing you to Cuppa, the free social network for the sober and sober curious. We've created it for you to meet other sober people for a cuppa or online for a cuppa or just to chat about your sobriety. Do anything you like. Cuppa is here to make you not feel so alone in your sobriety journey. You can organise to meet people in online or in person, create groups and events, share books and articles and sign up for a sobriety course. It's all going to be on there. Cuppa is free for everyone. We wanted to make sobriety accessible for all. And it really is what people have been asking for, isn't it? Because yeah. you've been inundated with people contacting you about this podcast and a lot of the, the themes in those uh, emails or in Instagram messages have been that people feel quite alone yep. and they want to be able to chat to other people. And another thing that I think people want to do after listening to our podcast but to any podcast is to carry on the conversation and yes. have some input so one of the great things on cuppa is that every time we do a podcast it's going to go on there and so if you've been listening and you're like yes yes i agree or i really want to make a point or i want to join in the conversation or why does alan like chicken biryani <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> you can actually go on to cuppa and you can you can join in the chat about the podcast and we'll be on there talking to you as well i've just used it myself sort of personally personally, um, just putting my thoughts on there around alcohol. Yeah. I, I'm finding that a lot of my discussion on Cuppa is circling back to chocolate and cakes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything does. <laughs> Everything circles back to those two things, doesn't yeah. it? Tea, chocolate, cake. <laughs> We're so excited about this because, you know, we have done this because of the demand, because people want something more. They want to go to a place. It's basically going to be like Facebook, but for the sobriety community, it's a really simple way of putting it, where you've got all the information you need on there to enjoy your sober life and share and even if you're further along on your sobriety journey to help others because that's how you feel when you get sober is like right I've done this and now I have the power to help other people and you'll be able to do that on there um the website address is cuppa.community if you put that into your browser. It's a Mighty Networks um, community, which means you download the Mighty Networks app and then you find Cuppa on their app. So there is a you can get a Cuppa on the go with that as well. Um, so it started about two weeks ago. We've already got a 1,000 members on there. This is the first time we're mentioning it on the podcast. Um, and we want you guys just to get on there, tell your story, share what you're doing, and hopefully meet people near you. That's one of the brilliant 
brilliant things on Cuppa is that you can go into your members section, click people nearby, and you'll be able to find sober people in your community and you can connect. That's what people want. That's what Lucy and I needed. You know, I had that 18 months where I was alone in my sobriety and Lucy just needed someone who had done it. And that's what helped us and that's what made us get sober and stay sober so that's what we want to give you as our gift and we've made it free because we believe everybody deserves support we will be advertising a few products like alcohol free drinks and some courses and things on there to help support the network but you as members will get everything on there for free so yeah we're just so excited for for, for you to be part of it if you go on there and press to become a member at cuppa.community just remember to check your promotions folder and your spam folder for the confirmation email we've had a few admin issues with that but yeah welcome to cuppa everybody the kettle has boiled and we're here for you so excited to see you on there and i'm sure that lucy and i will be you know there on there enough to answer any of your questions and to support you on your sober journeys so yeah we can alan can add some cheering there (laughs) (laughs) welcome to cuppa everybody party poppers yeah some party poppers alan that's what we need yeah yeah not champagne corks not champagne corks (laughs) pop we can do pop noises and just to add that um it's not facebook because facebook's old school now. yeah no we're trendy we're taking it uh, off facebook (laughs) man the other beauty about it not being facebook is you you don't have to have your identity on there no so you can come on there um, and create your own sort of username yeah yeah that's um, a good one actually which is really important because some people just don't want to join groups and yeah. you know to, w- with their own identity yeah because it can be a very personal and private journey we want people yeah. to be able to use it in a way that works for them by all means there is actually a section on there for sober dating. So yes. by all means, put a really nice picture of yourself up and share whatever you want. Well, yeah. To a point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A nice picture of your face. <laughs> Not any, uh, anywhere oh, else I'll of your body. i take mine down. Faces, elbows are allowed. <laughs> Kneecaps, toes. We'll allow toes, toe fetishes. But no... No areas that would normally be covered by bikinis okay. or swimming Well, shorts. that's not a lot nowadays, is it really? <laughs> no, not, no. Anyway, <laughs> so that's mo- true. moving swiftly on from uh, rude areas of the body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my favourite. What are we going to talk about today, Vic? Oh, I don't know, actually. Our healing bodies. There we go. <laughs> we are talking about bodies. <laughs> yeah, we are actually talking about bodies. The white bits, the, you know, not the bits that get sunburned. How we think alcohol has affected our physical health beyond the hangover. What are the real long-term effects of our binge drinking, Lucy? I was going to call it recovering bodies, but that sounded like I was going to remove a corpse from a lake. And I'm pleased that we're not going to do that today. We just want to work out how drinking has impacted us over the years and if we really got away with it. Yes, well, that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Mm. As you know, Vic and I love a giggle on this podcast, whether it's our crazy drunken misdemeanours, of which there are many, or our awkward social interactions. We can always find humorous ways of making sobriety approachable to anyone who's given it consideration. It's our way of presenting a serious message without making you feel like we're preaching to you or lecturing to you. Although, Vic, you would look pretty sexy in a teacher's outfit. I'm not sure about that, but yeah. Okay. All right. Leave them we, to their own. We won't put a picture of that <laughs> no. on Kappa. No. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Horrifying for anyone who yeah. joins. <laughs> um, today, we want to get a bit serious for once <laughs> and find out what damage we may have done to our bodies after 25 years of necking beers in grimy pubs 
and swanky wine bars or behind closed doors. Yeah, in my or, case. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or anywhere else that we weren't banned from. <laughs> yes, today Lucy and I are going to mull over our ailments. Because oh, you great. know I love a good ailment <laughs> chat, don't you? Like Baldrick. Everybody get the sick bucket ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm picking a scab as we speak. From doddy organs to having thin hair like Yorkshire Terriers. <laughs> Do they have thin hair? Yeah, they have very thin hair. And I, I liken myself to a Yorkshire Terrier quite often when I look in the mirror, strangely. <laughs> Not the yapping. Not the yapping, the just, the, just the look. <laughs> or more Afghan hound, perhaps. Can't say I see it. Yeah. But... but don't worry, it's not all bad news. We are also going to discover if we think our bodies are repairing now that we are sober and chat about the wonderful benefits your body will experience when choosing an alcohol-free life. The reason we want to chat about this today is to give you hope. If you're still in the depths of your unhealthy habit, you may just want to carry on drinking because it feels too late or too hard to get better because I know that feeling well. I was there myself once. Well, newsflash, it's actually never too late or too hard. It's a possibility for everyone. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And if you quit, you're not only going to be happier, but your body will heal and you will be healthier possibly than ever before. Yes, today, Sober Awkward listeners, you're going to get the Sober Awkward Health Check. Think of us like two dodgy doctors that you might meet under a bridge offering cheap organ removal. (laughs) (laughs) We are no experts. All we have are our stories and our experiences, which I hope are enough to inspire you to start and continue your path to sobriety. So stay tuned for some amusing, unqualified advice from two very proficient party girls that have been there. An unwanted warts and all look at how alcohol impacts our health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, at least we've made it very okay. clear that we like basically don't listen to anything we say because we don't yeah. know anything. We probably, <laughs> our listener numbers would drop now. They're like, yeah. I don't want to hear this. Yeah, I thought Do these I two really... were professionals. <laughs> We have to make that clear so we don't get any insurance uh, issues with people going, you said this and you said that. But, yeah, we are not professionals uh, or doctors. I've dressed up as a doctor a few times at fancy dress parties, an evil doctor at Halloween, but I had a bone through my nose when I did that. nice. We're Doctor talking, Death. We're talking a lot about you dressing up in this one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sexy dress. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. Like really weird ailments. Well, maybe I'm fancy trying dress. to put forward the idea that we'd come as sexy nurses at our next recording. <laughs> And Alan, I think Alan would like that. Oh, Alan can come as a sexy doctor. Yeah, he just looked at me. Dress. He just gave me a funny eyebrows look oh, right through God the window. Sake, he's thinking. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> let's get started. Let's talk about some of our own ailments. Yes. Our problems that we think are perhaps a direct consequence of over drinking. Well, I've mentioned it before that I've recently been diagnosed with a gallstone. I always have loads of tummy problems. And I had it since I gave up drinking, actually. I noticed that the pain when I got pregnant was in the same place and I always thought it was because I was allergic to wheat or gluten intolerant or one of those things Um, and actually I had a scan for something else recently and I have a gallstone and I have looked it up and it is an unhealthy diet is is what causes a gallstone and it can be lots of fat, which could be related to the fact that I used to 
gorge on pepperoni passion pizza from Domino's when yes. I was hungover. Mm. I mean, what could be more fatty than that? Yeah. I used to, eat, used to eat drink milk when I was hungover. Weird. I have no idea why I wanted milk, but it was also really cheesy toasties and all of those things. So that could have been caused by alcohol. I think it's highly likely that it was. Yeah. I don't think I would have a gallstone if I hadn't been a big drinker. So that's one thing. The other thing is I was very, very close to, I am very close to having just to having diabetes, I had gestational diabetes with my kids, um, and I have a beer belly. I have a generally, I have a big belly. I have never noticed that you've got a beer belly. Oh, really? Never. It's like a six you pack. <laughs> but it's a six pack of beer rather than muscle. Yeah, I do. I have a beer belly. I have a belly. Well, drinking well, no, beer. Well, it's, from, it's a combination of growing humans inside my. I was going to womb. say, surely it's more to do with the no, fact but that I've you've always had, three had it. children. I've always had it before the children. I've right. always had a belly, and I drank beer a lot. Right. So uh, we can't confirm any of this, guys. No. So this is what we think, perhaps, yeah. may have caused these issues. Um, I am on the edge of having diabetes now. I have to watch what I eat, and I don't eat fat because of the gallstone. So, which I might have operated on. I don't know. Um, so yeah, and thinning hair is another thing. Talking about the Afghan hound and the kind of thinning dog hair, I think my hair was much thicker when yes. I was younger. When I started drinking, agree, but that yeah. could be an age thing yeah. again. We haven't confirmed. Um, I also have gingivitis, which I've recently got fixed. I know this is so gross telling everybody all these horrible well, actually, ailments. Well, I had smelly breath on my list as well, and I looked it up before I, I came along today to find out why it was. And apparently when you drink alcohol, it causes bacteria to grow in your mouth, mm. and that's why your breath can smell. I'm sure it must have something to do with pickling your intestines and the sort of yeah. the putrid smell coming up. Yeah, It was something that my girls used to mention to me quite a lot mm. and also a few other people boyfriends people oh, no. I got too close to they would mention that my breath smelled <laughs> and it wasn't until we were doing the notes for this I thought nobody has said that to me since I've stopped okay, drinking good. so without a doubt that uh, was the alcohol Lucy, uh, <laughs> your breath stinks I did put I, like I just say before we came in yeah, I mint. always put an extra perfume in case I stink <laughs> when I come into the booth but the girls were definitely my I used to, you know, say to them, let me know if I've got a hair on the end of my chin yeah. and things like that. They were my sort of spotters. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, you've got so, a bogey hanging out yeah, your nose. Yeah, yeah. They, mum, you've got a really long black hair coming out of your chin or your <laughs> nostril. Um, but they were also there to let me know if my breath stunk. Okay. And yeah, it does. It hasn't been a problem. They haven't mentioned it once. Okay, and good. Trust so me, they would healed. have. Yes, they would have. Right. Yes. Well, that's good to know. So that you've got the spotters. I need your spotters around my house. <laughs> Um, I've had the gingivitis treated last year. It's cost me a bloody fortune. But my yes. it actually turned out that my jawbone had disintegrated because the gingivitis got so bad and my teeth were all falling out. So yes. it's not a small That's thing. next level, isn't it? Was it was next level. They showed me an um, X-ray of my mouth and you could see that my jawbone was disintegrating. I mean, that is gross. I didn't brush my teeth as much as I should have when yes. I was a drunk traveller. Mm. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't take care of myself when I was a drinker. Well, when you pass out, you no. don't quickly clean your teeth no. before, beforehand. No. Do oh, you? I must wake up from this this blackout and clean <laughs> yes. my teeth. No, it doesn't happen. So, yeah, we're being honest with you guys. I'm not proud of any of these things. And I've made myself very ill from booze. And this is what we're trying to 
put out there is that it's serious. Um, after heavy bouts of drinking, Lucy, I also always get back pain. And I thought that was because I'd leapt over, you know, a wall or, you know, done something that, stupid. What, that thing you used to do on the dance floor where yeah, the, you, everyone used to dance dive. on your back. Oh, yes, I used to do the human back. podium. Yes, of yeah. course. I mean, that would cause back Surely that would cause <laughs> some back pain. I think that's probably is what it is. You just hit the nail on the head. Oh, I thought it was kidney pain, but actually it was a, a whole nightclub of people dancing on my back. Could, could be that. <laughs> I think you're more likely. Just a hunch. Yeah, I think it also was my kidney trying to filter everything that I'd put through yeah. it. Every recreational didn't have drug. A, and... Didn't have a hope in hell your back, did it? Didn't, no, it didn't. It actually didn't. You're right. Um, I've put ageing and then next to ageing I've put bloating. Mm. I mean, bloating and booze is common common side effect the next day is so you just generally feel bloated, don't you? you I do, don't know yeah. why. Um Actually, there's, there's another one here. I had a pelvic inflammatory disease when I was younger, which is something that's caused by catching chlamydia, which I'm going nice. to be... Lucy's just done it. And I'm very like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're saying this sort of face. I'm sort of retching. Yeah, she's retched, yeah. Let's not go into that one too much. But it it wasn't nice. I had to go to, I had to, go to hospital with oh that one. Oh, my God. And it meant so I, there was a chance that I wouldn't be able to have children after yeah, having it. not funny. Really, yeah, that's what all. happens if you sleep around. People don't do it. It's not good for your health or your mental health, mm. in fact. Um, so, yeah, those those drunken repercussions from stuff that you do that could last a lifetime is what we're talking about. Uh, I've talked about here too, I've put a little note saying constitutional issues, which is nothing to do with the parliament or the government. <laughs> it's IBS and general tummy issues, which which the government actually should be involved in because everybody has them. So they need to put some, some laws against that. Um, hormonal issues, of mm. course, when you're drinking. I used to always get hammered when my period was due. Sorry to talk about that, gentlemen that are listening. Um, um, but I always used to wake up with a hangover on the day that I started my period mm. because my hormones were all over the place and it causes all sorts of hormonal issues afterwards, which is a whole other podcast, actually. I think we can talk about the hormonal issues of alcohol. And I've also put loins. Having having drunk for years affected my loins, Lucy, in the fact that it made me hate everybody and all of mankind, which is just a general ailment <laughs> that I have on in my day to day life. You had or you ha you used to have or you still have now. I still have. <laughs> and you reckon it's caused by alcohol. Uh, definitely. <laughs> or it's my personality. I'm I'm choosing to blame It's booze. actually quite good this because we can just blame everything that's wrong with us yes, we on can. having <laughs> on drunk for twenty five yeah. years. Um, look I've got quite a long list here and I agree with a lot of the things that you've said. Uh, the first thing here is like this constant dehydration which was, it took over the all of you. Like it would make your skin itchy mm. and dry. It would cause your hair to be dry and brittle and for wrinkles to come on your face. I've yep. got quite a few wrinkles on my face now, even though I haven't drunk for a year and a half. But I always say they're my party lines because I partied really hard. And there was nothing you could do, no amount of water that you could drink yep. to to rehydrate your whole body. It was like you were sort of a shriveled up prune. Yeah, <laughs> that is how I good felt look. when I was drinking. But now, I, even though you say that the drinking has caused you to have lines in your face now, you know, that you know, I've watched you in the last 18 months and how, you know, how much you've changed and to see your growth and, and your, you know, how you've blossomed. I see that you look better. I don't see like mm. you've got more wrinkles. I would say that you've got less wrinkles. It's funny, isn't it? Because yeah. you almost start looking younger if you give up for Definitely. a long period of time. And they're, interesting, we were talking about bloating and there's a photo of you and Ivic having porridge together oh, yeah. when 
I think I'd given up for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, I always look at that picture. I can see how bloated my face is in that. So that's quite a good thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Is look back at old photos and compare how you looked when you were drinking to how you look when you're sober. And you will notice the difference. Yeah. I mean, you can't undo the things that you've done. And you can't undo, uh, you can't undo ageing either, no, of course. That's right. Well, Even we though do, lots of people try. <laughs> we certainly try. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and a really big one for me, is those broken blood vessels around yeah. the nose. Yes. I actually treated myself when I was six months sober to having those lasered. Oh, did you? Yeah, they were definitely caused by drinking because alcohol actually opens up those blood vessels and it causes more blood to flow to the skin. And that's okay. what causes that bulbous nose of the right. um, really heavy drinkers, usually men in yeah. old age. And I think that was one of the things, that was the thing that made me give up the most, yeah. the thought of having that bulbous drinkers, drinker's nose it's not one a good, day. It's not a good look, that nose. Yeah, but you do, you will get broken veins on your skin. I did have them. They can be lasered off. But why do it if you're still drinking? Give up and treat yourself to getting rid of them because it's a really easy treatment. Yeah. High cholesterol is another one. This one's sort of in the motion at the moment because I had to go for a health check at the doctor's. Mm. It was just a standard one. I got a text and I went in and I scored really well on everything. But they oh, looked good. back at all of my uh, past records and I've ha have had high cholesterol in the past and the nurse said to me you know what let's do another test because now you've stopped drinking I bet you it's dropped and I was like really and mm. she said yeah she said drinking high as your cholesterol I had no idea when I think of cholesterol I think of cream and cheese and butter yeah. and things like that anyway I went for my I had the piece of paper with the blood test sitting at home for about three months yeah. finally went in on Friday but don't worry listeners I'll keep you updated and let you know whether my cholesterol has oh, come down I bet you it has having stopped drinking yeah, I'll I'd be willing it. to put yeah. a better bet on that that yeah. it's come down and yeah. wouldn't it be great because getting those kind of rewards um, yes. as you're sort of it, it doesn't matter how far you are into your sobriety these changes do continue to happen Yeah. another thing for me was sleep deprivation um, with sleep deprivation comes um a huge amount of anxiety and irritation and I just felt tired pretty much all the time and the only yeah. way I could stop feeling tired was to have a drink vision my vision was completely came through drinking especially yeah. woke up, when I woke up in the morning after a heavy session I couldn't see properly no I had really blurry vision and um, I would feel like I, I, I'd lost half of my brain cells and I know that we always say that alcohol kills brain cells but that isn't actually the truth that is a myth what it does is it slows down the the communication between the brain and your eyes okay makes um, sense yeah it kind of affects the neuron endings in yeah. your brain yeah I'm not saying it very scientifically, but ultimately that is why you get brain fog and your vision is all blurred because okay. your brain's just not working properly. And also I wonder whether it's, I remember William Porter telling us about it being an anaesthetic. And when I remember when I was drunk and I couldn't see properly because I'd, I was seeing double because I'd had too much to drink. And I used to walk around mm. with one eye closed because I'd try yes, and focus on things. That, yeah. I'd be sitting in front of the telly, like trying to like have one eye open, one eye closed. And I guess the next day when you're hungover, you've probably still got a bit of that anaesthetic in you, you from the have, alcohol yeah. which not only with what's going on there with the messages between the brain and the eye you've also got to deal with the fact that you've got a anaesthetic in your body that's making you drowsy and making you not be able to see properly because your your, your eyes aren't working yeah it's not yeah. like you wake up the next morning and the alcohol's completely left your body it's no. still there the effects are still taking place but it yeah. was something that really frightened me waking up with bad vision yeah i couldn't read the piece of paper in front of me everything was a bit foggy yeah and 
And you know what it's like. It's all very well having bad vision when you're drinking. But when you actually wake up the next morning, the horror of what you've actually done to your body hits you. And you're like, oh, God, I can't actually see properly. I've drunk so much alcohol, I can't see properly. Sometimes it's probably a good thing because you don't actually want to open your eyes and see the (laughs) paraphernalia (laughs) that's surrounding you from the night before, like the mirror with the lines of (laughs) Coke and someone asleep on the couch and the broken glass. I mean, it's probably better to keep your eyes shut some of the time. And that awful one where you walk around and you count the bottles of wine. Oh, Oh my God, did I really drink that much? You have to sneak out to the bin without the neighbours seeing you with a clean Drinking glasses or, or with the fear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last thing I put on my list was that there wasn't enough. And I've mentioned in another podcast, Vic, that when I was in my one of my really desperate states to give up, I used to hope there'd be something more serious wrong with me. Yes. Um, and Collapsed because, liver. Yeah, I would hope I would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, you have damaged your liver. If you don't stop drinking, you will die. I hoped that that would happen to me because I honestly believe that was the only thing that was going to stop me drinking. Yeah. But ultimately, looking back and talking with you and discussing Mm. all the other ailments, we were just, you know, just hiding them and pretending they weren't happening. There was enough there to stop me drinking. There was enough. But (laughs) it's funny how, like, there within lies your problem because you went to the doctors and you were hoping for something to be wrong with you. And for me, that just shouts, like, I don't care about myself. Yeah. Like, and that's what sobriety gives you is that you learn to care about yourself. But in these moments, it's that... I don't care. I'm so far down the road that I just want to be dead and I don't care what the doctors tell me. I hope he's going to tell me I've got, you know, liver issues and kidney failure and all of these things because I no longer care about myself because that's what alcohol is doing to me. So that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's a sign of desperation as well. If if that's what you need to stop. Yes. And I'm sure some people listening have probably felt that or things along those lines. You know, you want somebody to take it out of your hands because you can't do it on your own. You can't find the help. Yeah. So you want someone to terrify you into stopping drinking. And that is one way to stop. But surely a more preferable way to stop and one which is going to be more successful long term is to make the choice yourself before it's taken out of your hands. Yeah. I mean, it's your again, it always comes back to taking responsibility and, and take and not putting the blame out everywhere else. Mm. You know, you've got to take which, it yes, back we into are the definitely, self. Uh, guilty of, aren't guilty we? of, we yeah, pushing it out in every direction. Yeah. We are so proud to have Liars on board to support this podcast. It means we can keep recording and pay Alan in Pop-Tarts and Keto Chicken Biryani. Today, we want to tell you about their alcohol-free pink London gin. This unique spirit has been impossibly crafted to capture the essence of a pink gin with flavours that are distinct and contemporary. Liars spirits don't just mimic, they have their own distinction as a premium non-alcoholic beverage. And I tried it and it's a really subtle fruity flavour. If you buy a bottle of the Pink Gin on the Liars website today, they will donate 10% of the proceeds to the McGrath Foundation. McGrath nurses support individuals and their families experiencing breast cancer. Their nurses provide physical, psychological and emotional support from the time of diagnosis throughout treatment. An amazing charity. Just go to liars.com where you'll not only find the best alcohol-free drinks in the world, you will also be supporting this great cause. That's liars.com. We had a little look online um, and these are what Healthline, which is quite a good website, um, are saying are the main long and short term effects of binge drinking. So we thought we'd go through and uh, sort of have a chat about them. 
Um, <clears throat> so the first one on here is the heart. Oh, yes. You tell us about the heart, Vic. Go on. Sound all intelligent. Heart. Heavy drinking. <laughs> Thank Do I sound you. smart? <laughs> Heavy drinking can cause high blood pressure, irregular heartbeat and sudden death from oh. heart failure. I mean, yes, sudden death. There you go. Um, I'm sorry if this list sounds a little bit dull and boring, but we do want to shock you here. We do mm. want you to really get in touch with your body and listen to what we've got to say here because this is the honest truth. And I am not surprised by that. Just think about waking up in the night with those heart palpitations that you have from drinking a lot. I mean, yeah. What was that doing to your heart? I mean, it, and it was beat out of your chest. Yeah, it was beating so hard against my chest that I thought it would explode. Can't be good for you. No, exactly. Kidneys. <laughs> yeah. The kidney. <laughs> human kidney <laughs> alcohol alcohol is a diuretic i think i pronounced well it done, right Lucy. i wasn't quite sure vic's given me all the really hard words so i hope nobody texts in yes, and takes a piss out of me yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna write in and complain <laughs> that's not how you pronounce it but uh, yeah it's a, a diuretic and it causes the liver to produce more urine kidney kidney not the, the kidneys liver. Yes. the kidneys to produce more urine which is in other words, piss. Yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> she got that word right. Um, this alone, or with vomiting, can lead to dehydration and dangerously low levels of sodium, potassium, and other minerals and salts. And I know from having attempted the keto diet for um, a while <laughs> that if you don't have the right electrolytes in your body, you can feel so unwell. Right. Gosh, yeah, you have to go through it like your body has to pass through it, does it, to get yeah. to that ketosis yeah. is what it's called, isn't That's it? That's it, yeah. yeah. And you, But you just have to balance those electrolytes, which is the sodium and the potassium and, and the salt. And if you don't get it right, you yeah. just feel terrible. So that's yeah. obviously part of what the hangover is. Yeah. And I think we do think about how we are, we're, we're weeing all the time when we drink and, and that dehydrates us. But of course, it's all the other things that are leaving our body at the same time that we actually need that yeah. are causing all the other problems. And then, of course, you crave those things the next day, which is why we yes. eat those terrible foods because we're lacking salt and yeah. sugar and all those things. So, yeah, I mean, gosh, we're describing ourselves <laughs> within are. the human body right here. <laughs> the human lung. <laughs> <laughs> Your school teacher thing I'm is coming good. on yeah, again, isn't on. it? Alcohol inhibits the gag reflex, which can lead to vomit, saliva or other substances entering the human lung. This can cause inflammation or infection in the lungs. Smoking more when drinking is also an issue for the lungs. Yes, I mean, I didn't smoke in the day at all. Go out yeah. and pack it 20 easily in a night. 20 Benson and Hedges. And they were oh, really strong as well, yeah. the Benson and Hedges. Camel. Yeah. Camel Silk Cup were all right. Might get back yeah. on them. <laughs> You'd have to have 40 of them. Bit of menthos. They don't count. <laughs> of course, they're healthy, aren't they? Yeah, they're healthy. They're fine. They're fine, aren't they? <laughs> but often, I think it is the, the cigarettes that you smoke that uh, make you feel so awful, as I, well as yes. the alcohol, yeah. of all the chemicals in there. I'm so glad I don't smoke anymore because I was so obsessed with it for so many years and yeah. I just feel, oh, thank God I don't smoke. When I when I smell smoke now, I'm one of those typical anti-smokers just go, oh, I can't believe I used to do it. I used to smoke a cigarette on my way to work, in my car, in my little Volvo, on my way to Oxford. I used to wind my window down and have a rolly, and I used to stink. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, and everything around you, your car would have stunk oh. everything. Well, we talked, I, yeah. we talked about the smoking at the back of the aeroplane. That's still, <laughs> I can't get my head around the fact that we used to even do that. But I used to actually go green. I remember looking in my wing mirror and I'd be green and feel sick, but then it would just be like the lead up to the next cigarette. Didn't, weren't you saying that you liked to have that cigarette because it meant that you felt well enough yes. to smoke it after your yeah. hangover? You'd actually, you'd actually healed enough to oh. be able to smoke a cigarette. What, what a weirdo <laughs> I was. <laughs> The um, pancreas. The human pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> a single session of heavy alcohol use can lead to dangerously low blood su- sugar, hypoglycemia, which is something that you have encountered with your diabetes, haven't you, Vic? Yep. So, it, yeah. To a point. Yep. The little pancreas is suffering as well. Blood in the immune system. Chronic alcohol can lead to anemia, low platelets, and to a suppressed immune system. I mean, that's your entire body, your immune system, isn't it? It's like everything that's going in is going to affect you. And it means you're, if you've got a low immune system, you're just generally going to feel like shit. So what's a platelet? Just a baby plate? Yes, a baby plate. A low platelet is a, le- a plate that's low down. <laughs> a low baby plate? Yes, low baby platelets. That's what. That's why we are not professionals. <laughs> it's to do with your blood count. I know that um, people I know that have had any sort of leukaemia, that's to do with your low platelets and you need a lot more to be well I okay. think oh, in, thanks in, yeah like that in really layman, makes sense layman terms <laughs> <laughs> I'll pretend I understood that yes, and move okay, good. yes on. move on move on bones and muscles um, heavy long term use of alcohol can interfere with absorption of calcium and bone formation and this can lead to osteoporosis yeah and that's something isn't it where if you drink whilst you're pregnant um, your child can have a problem with that. I'm sure I've heard that before. Yeah. So an, another tip, don't drink while you're pregnant. Yes, that's a very important tip. In, that, in fact, I didn't drink mm. through any of my pregnancies, which I I stopped straight away, but I was back on, back on, back it. on the wagon. <laughs> yeah. the I, and I, I did, but a very, yeah. very small amount. Yeah. Um, yeah, so don't drink when you're pregnant. It, it causes all sorts of problems. And a great opportunity to, great to, be, opportunity. to, to try out the sober life. So true. Yeah. I mean, if I hadn't had those three windows of sobriety, I would not be sober now. They you gave really, me... You don't think so? Definitely not. They gave me insight into what life would be like without drinking, and I loved it. Mm. I was functional. I was happy. I didn't feel like shit all the time. You know, I had the obvious, you know, the piles and the swollen feet, <laughs> a few other ailments that were related to pregnancy rather than alcohol. But yeah, it gives you that perfect window, and it which was we easy talk about because a lot. Uh, you had your excuse. I mean, you that's half excuse. of the problem of sobriety yeah. is the excuse and you, the reason that you're not drinking in society. You've got your excuse. Yeah. Anyway, we could do a whole new podcast about yes, we drinking, could. Uh, about pregnancy and things like that. Yeah. We should do one on that. Actually. Yeah. It'd be a good topic. Um, brain and the nervous system. Heavy alcohol use increases the risk of stroke and can lead to dementia and impaired balance or coordination. I think that's something to do with stroke, cat, stroking cats. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to ask. Yeah, I thought maybe dogs. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> risk of stroke. The risk of stroking a cat or a dog. Yes. So that was that which will lead to dementia. <laughs> <laughs> but we did touch on that, didn't we? We were saying our own ailments, um, yeah. you know, impaired balance, you know, impaired eyesight, and just generally that brain fog. So it does make sense. And again, and it's, it's the nervous system; it's your whole body. Yeah, again, it's like yeah. it's not just little pinpointing tiny things. It's everything that's going on with you yeah. 
alcohol is affecting. Yeah. And then we've got the intestines. Um, so heavy alcohol intake can interfere with the absorption of vitamins and other nutrients in the gut. And this can lead to malnutrition. So, you know, when you sort of, <laughs> yeah. before you go out or when you wake up in the morning, you think, oh, I just take my multivit. Yeah. But it's probably doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Because you've lost so many vitamins and minerals from your body, from your drinking session. One little tablet ain't going to do it. Yeah. You need to be sober to repair mm. yourself, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, so these are not small issues. There are words like death, stroke and dementia. Um, I just wanted to tell you, Lucy, a very quick story about dementia, if, if I don't forget it. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. um, my mum and dad, um, they're big parties, my parents. They're always the life and soul of the party. And, you know, there has been some Alzheimer's in my dad's side of the family. And once my parents were sitting down having a conversation about it and they were just talking about what would they do if either of them got dementia or Alzheimer's and they wanted to have that kind of end of life discussion and my mum said to my dad look if I get really really unwell and I'm not compassmentous and I, I can't work and function properly as a human being you know I want you to tell me that there's something wrong with me if I'm having a moment of lucidity I want you to say look look mm. Maureen you're you're not well, and, and she said, I want you to give me a pill and I'll end it all. She was very dramatic mm. about the whole thing because she just couldn't imagine living a life where somebody had to look after her. Mm. And my dad looked at her and went, you've got Alzheimer's. <laughs> 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 oh, the swine. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. brilliant. Well yeah. done to your dad. I know, well, it was a good line. Of course she <laughs> hasn't he, got Alzheimer's. And he yeah. had the pill ready yeah, he had with it a ready. glass of He's water. He's always got it ready, I think. <laughs> Get rid of her at any on moment. The, on the top shelf in the kitchen. Here you go. <laughs> Next to the casserole dish whenever yes. it's needed. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, so all of these things we're talking about that are happening to your body right here, they are huge things. Yeah. And this is what alcohol is doing every time you drink. I know me and Lucy didn't take heed of these like you have, probably haven't either, but now we're reading them and, and in black and white in front of us, Lucy, I do see the importance of them and how mm. much damage that we have possibly done. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about now. It's why we chose to ignore this blatant fact that alcohol was so bad for us. And certainly for, for me, and I'm sure for you and for so many people, at the beginning, it was because we felt that we were invincible because you get that when you're young. You just don't think it's something, anything could possibly go wrong when no. you're younger. And that's why, as certainly late teens, um, people like in the early 20s, the brain isn't formed properly. People take more risks. Drinking alcohol is a risk. We all know that. Yep. Um, so just not believing for any for, uh, for at any point that it was going to do anything bad to us. Um, for me as well, the need to drink um, was stronger than the need for good health. I mean, I was addicted to it. I needed to have a drink and bugger what it did to me because mm. I needed to feel better right here right now um i felt that alcohol made me feel healthy and happy and strong and good mm. and that's how deceiving alcohol is i mean that is just so warped almost isn't yeah. it it's like it, you wanted to do it so therefore i'm gonna do it so i'm gonna pretend to myself that it's okay yeah Crazy. yeah and i i remember everyone saying alcohol's a depressant i knew that was a fact i honestly believe for a period that that I was different and it actually, I couldn't believe that alcohol was depressing me because 
when you have a drink, you feel better. Yeah. So I used to think I'm an exception to the rule. <laughs> I didn't understand that it was what happened was it was when the drink, drink wore off that the feelings of anxiety would come in because of the dopamine levels in your brain, which meant you had to have another drink and then another and then another until you got to that point where you made a complete tit of yourself mm. or just you know, and was ruining your life on an everyday basis when you were drinking. Um, you know, it's about understanding perhaps mm. the scientific things around alcohol. Yeah. Um, because that 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 um, sentiment that you had then, it was actually causing an addiction within you. But you didn't know it. You're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But the more you drank, the more depressed you get. And then the more you drank and the more depressed you get. So mm. it was actually causing an addiction, that, that mentality. Yes, and it was causing depression yeah. as well. Um, and then... And the latter part of my drinking years, when I was really depressed because I had drunk so much and I was relying on alcohol all the time, I did make a conscious decision to drink myself to death um, because I thought alcohol is the only thing in my life that I actually enjoy. The only time I feel good is when I'm drinking. I actually don't care if mm. it kills me. This is the way I, this is my choice. This is how I'm going to live the, the next part of my life. So every time I took a drink, it was like a form of self-harm. Um, self-hate um, it gave me this amazing amount of pleasure to have a drink but I also knew that I was harming myself that is self-harm mm. drinking can come to a point where it is self-harm and I think for people who have got an unhealthy relationship with alcohol you do know what, mm. what you're doing is wrong but it gives you pleasure that's self-harming that lack of self-care that you talk about there is so dangerous, that lack of uh, not giving a fuck anymore and just mm. going, right, this is it. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink myself to death. I don't care about anything anymore. That lack of care, it, it probably ends many, many lives because you get to a point where I can't give up. I don't want to give up because this is the only thing that makes me happy. So therefore, I'm just going to drink until I die and then that will be the end of it and at least I'll die happy. But of course, of course you don't have to die. <laughs> well, And of course, you're not going to die happy. Dying no. of alcohol is an extremely uh, extended and yes, long-suffering, painful, painful yeah. way of dying. Mm. So even just thinking I'm going to drink till I die is just such a stupid thing to <sighs> think. But it does show that the alcohol you're drinking is depressing you. It's mm. actually changing your thoughts and yeah. the way you're thinking. You're not thinking right and you're just so full of self-hate. Yeah. Um, so really for me, they're the main reasons why. Even though I knew it was wrong and I knew I was yeah. harming myself, I carried on drinking. That is heavy, isn't it? Mm. It's so heavy, yeah. Lucy. I feel very, very sad when you tell me that and you've told me it before, but I just can't imagine you getting to the point. Like to see you now, 18 months alcohol-free, I just think, gosh... You know, I can't imagine you feeling like that. It's just incredible mm. to me, the changes that you can make. And that's what we're talking about. It's like you can feel like that one day, but you can also end up feeling like you want to live. Yes, that's right. You can turn it around, however yeah. bad it gets. Um, for me, I definitely think there was a lack of education as a child growing mm. up at school and at home of the bad stuff that alcohol can do to you. I don't think I... I knew the bits. I knew that perhaps you, you could become an alcoholic and that was bad, but I didn't realise my more functional, everyday, socially acceptable alcoholism was doing me any harm. Mm. So I didn't take it any further. I didn't educate myself on the on the negatives of, of consuming alcohol. And that's a grey area drinking that we actually talk about in another podcast, don't we? Yeah, that's it spot yeah. on, is that you don't... You don't 
correlate it with your own mm. issue because you think, well, look at them. They're a terrible alcoholic, but I'm just a binge drinker and I'm fine. Yeah. It's not going to affect my health. And in some cases, the education out there is that drinking is good for you. Of Have course. A glass well, of yeah, red wine everywhere. Every of evening. course. Yeah. yeah, that's the fucking bullshit of it all. Um, so, yeah. I, as well, I didn't really care about myself because I was so ingrained with 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 drinking that it just meant that I, like you, drank to oblivion um, and harmed my body probably on a day to day basis because I didn't really care about myself because I didn't see another way of having fun and that led to me behaving badly and taking risks and treating my body badly. You'd got into a habit whereby yeah. the only way that you could enjoy yourself was to drink. Yeah, and I didn't realise that was that form of mm. self-harm right there, which, of course, I had that this will never happen to me attitude, which we said is so dangerous. Um, I, as I said, I thought liver disease was for real alcoholics, I've put there in inverted commas, mm. because... I didn't think I was a real alcoholic, but of course what we're learning now is that there are all forms and all types of alcoholism. Um, and also I had that live fast, die young attitude like you do. You, do, mm. you don't care when you don't have kids or or if you, you don't understand how precious our lives are, you do have that live fast, die young. I'd be like, oh, I've had a good life. Like, I don't care if I die tomorrow sort of attitude. Whereas, in fact, now I do care about me and my life and whether I die or not. And before, perhaps I didn't so mm. much. I don't know why. Well, that comes with parenthood, a lot of that. So, although, for me, I drank through a lot of parenthood, even even though, you know, I, I think that was one of the reasons for giving up as well, just to be around, yeah, to be, be around, around to live. for the kids. Exactly. I think now I've got teens. My one mission in life is to be around for when my kids have teens. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, so, so you, can, you can sit in the corner sipping I, on your fizzy water going, I, will I told you so. I will never drink again if it yeah. means I live long enough to watch my kids parent their own teenagers. <laughs> that is slightly evil. If it keeps me off the drink, it's worth it's it. It's worth it, yeah. You can be slightly evil. That's fair enough. Um, let's just take a moment to talk about alcohol and breast cancer. It's something we don't read about very much, but surprisingly, breast cancer will be diagnosed in an estimated nearly 20,000 Australian women and 167 um, Australian men in 2022. There's a direct link between alcohol consumption and breast cancer. In Australia, up to one in 10 breast cancers are linked to alcohol use. Goodness me, that's a huge amount. I wonder how many people are aware of that. Uh, yep. It's just, it's shocking. And it's something quite close to my heart because I am high risk. My mum and both of my maternal uh my, my both my grandmothers died of breast cancer so I'm a, I'm in the high risk not huge risk category now I've always been okay touch wood mm. um what's going to happen in the future I don't know but if I was di diagnosed with breast cancer I will blame myself for binge drinking for 25 years mm. so I guess the, the the message is just give up drinking yeah because it's not doing you any good and you don't want to be sitting with a disease which is going to affect your life so seriously and think, I did this to myself. Yeah. I could have prevented this. Now, in many cases, it is not preventable and we'll never yes. know. We'll That's never the know. Thing. That's you the never thing, know. isn't it? You never know. So, you, so you'd almost carry on. 
I'm sure some people will just carry on drinking and say, well, if I get breast cancer, well, I never know that's why. So yes. they can't tell you that's why. But the high chances are that that is why. That is why. And yeah. for me personally, I will blame myself if that were to happen. Mm. Um, but we don't know what's around the corner for any of us health-wise, so it's not something I'm going to put too much worry into No, just don't. Yet. But um, it's, just, it's just highlighting that that risk yeah you're 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 raising your chances of having breast cancer and you're yeah. doing that yourself. in fact any kind of cancer because alcohol um is also a significant risk factor for seven other types of cancer and this risk increases as the consumption of alcohol increases so yeah, that's madness isn't it mm. why would we i mean we all fear cancer it's one of the things we fear yeah. death we, we live fear in cancer fear of it. Yeah. and yet we have actually got this way of minimizing our chances of getting it but how many people actually realize about that link i don't know i, I wasn't that aware of it really oh, it's, it's worrying isn't it because actually when you look at adverts and memes and all this you know alcohol surrounding us it's actually kind of glorifying alcohol Whereas, in fact, you're glorifying something that is really harming people. Yes. It's really harming people's bodies. And, you know, I know we sound like hypocrites. I got called a hypocrite by someone this week. Really? Yes. Someone emailed me to tell me that I was a hypocrite too. Really? Yes. Did I not tell you about that? No, you didn't. To tell me that I was a hypocrite because I used to drink and now I talk about it in a way like I didn't. But I absolutely don't. Oh, you are very open about the fact that you very drink. Very open that about it. That you used it. to drink. Yeah, that I used to drink. But I, I talk about it now because I did used to drink and because yes. I can talk about it. But it does sound hypocritical I know that you know we're now kind of like telling you that this is a terrible thing but we didn't listen either and we're no, honest and that's we, what we've just been talking yeah. about the fact that we didn't listen and these are the reasons why we didn't listen and we are both aware that it we you know I've only been sober for a year and a half Vic's been sober for four years we drank for 25 years heavily the damage is done in many cases this is something that we are having to face up to yeah um, in terms of our health and the rest of our lives yeah. as well it's frightening for us but it can also hopefully help listeners who are teetering on the edge of sobriety mm. to that's all we talk we that's why we do this yes so that if anyone might listen to this and think okay they're the reasons i just needed a few more reasons yes these are the these are really <laughs> good reasons we're trying to save you from getting cancer and dying yes like, yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. or, if or we running can. out into the middle of the road when you're drunk and yes. getting hit by a car that yeah. did happen to me once yeah. that's um, why we tell our stories people like we want to be honest with you and say like we do sound like hypocrites but hey who who cares? Yeah. Like, oh, we only do our best. We do our best. So once Vic and I stopped our binge drinking habit, <laughs> let's talk about how long it took for our bodies to heal and what happened next. So a few more sort of positive things here. Okay, I'll just whiz through these. What happened to me? I started to feel better the day I gave up. It was literally like I decided to give up. I went to sleep. The next day, the relief of, of yes. not having to drink, I think, also affected my, my my bodily health because I felt for years that this weight had been upon me and that had gone. I never needed to drink again. There was no point in it. I could see the light. And physically, that helped. My mm. back pain went. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean <laughs> yes, strangely, sure. there was no podium yeah. people dancing on my no. back anymore. So that's so probably that definitely why. definitely would help. I will just add there, though, that for some people it doesn't 
feel like that straight away. Of course, I'm yes. talking to quite a few people on Cuppa at the moment who have just started <clears throat> sobriety after a failed attempt and given, given it, giving it another go. And um, most people are not feeling great on day one. No. So it can take a week or so, but yeah. you will start feel, feeling better fairly quickly. Yeah, and also you can feel worse, of course, if of you're course an extreme you drinker. We've you have that, to go through we? all yeah. of those withdrawal horrible things. But this is just this is just what mm. happened to me. I definitely felt better straight away because there was no alcohol in my system for the first time in a long time. And as the weeks passed and the alcohol drained out of my you know, bloodstream, I started to feel better. And the way you use the word relief, it's like a freedom. It was like, and we've talked about it before, like Nelson Mandela being let out of prison and just going, the sense of freedom mm. is just like unimaginable. Yeah. I felt free. And that affected my health. Uh, mental and physical. Um, my diet changed naturally, organically. I started to eat healthier. I started to exercise more, which made me stronger. My hair got thicker, more like a Labrador than the <laughs> Afghan hound. And the... I don't know which one's better, really. Labrador. <laughs> At least it wasn't a poodle. It wasn't a girly. My hair went curly like a poodle. That's a side effect of becoming sober. You get poodle hair, I like pube head. tie a bow in it. <laughs> <laughs> not in your pubes, uh, so in your not in your pubes, no. <laughs> my skin got better, my eyes got brighter, my teeth got sorted, like I talked about earlier. I actually wasn't hungover, so I could manage to go to my dentist's appointments and have my teeth sorted, which cost me a fucking fortune, I'll say. But they're sorted now. They're not wobbling and falling out like a witch. Um I'm functional enough to sort out my problems, exactly what I just said, and I care about myself now. Um, I turn up for my doctor's appointments and I will have <laughs> my breasts screened when I need to. I still struggle with weight here and there, but it's not because, you know, I'm terribly overweight. It's just because I eat a lot of chocolate and, and I and don't like drink cakes. and I like cake. <laughs> so I, I'm just sort of like that's my self-punishment, which, which I can get over often. Um my finger never grew back, of course, which was a side effect of drinking, but a you, physical you side effect. You need those little reminders, though, <laughs> yeah. don't you? Um, yeah, and I just feel like I get healthier every day and I'm more aware of my health. I'm more aware of, you know, listening to what's going on in the world of health and what's good for me and what's bad for me. Um, imagine if I'd been drinking or you and I, we've both had COVID now. Imagine if we'd been drinking through mm. COVID. I mean, that would have been awful. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would have got over it as quickly if no, I'd been drinking. No, definitely not. What about it's all you? about the immune system. System, isn't it? Exactly. Well, the first thing I noticed was an immediate decrease in pharmacy bills. Um, I uh, no longer, well, six months into my sobriety, condoms, I managed not to buy condoms. <laughs> yeah. No, I never bothered. When no, I was pissed. Oh, you didn't bother. Yeah, you didn't bother when you're drunk, and now you just don't need to bother. Well, yeah, I don't sleep with anyone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, nothing to do with condoms. Um, I uh, gave up my antidepressants gradually, not saying everyone should be doing that. Um, six months into sobriety, um, I stopped taking Valium, which I needed for my heart palpitations that I had at night when I'd been drinking. I no longer need sleeping tablets to help me sleep because you can't sleep properly when you've been drinking Rennie. I was knocking Rennie back. Um, what are they? What What's the? What do they do? That indigestion. Who was a guy heartburn. I slept with in Greece? <laughs> Renee. <laughs> yeah, I don't need him anymore. No. Um, and Nurofen. I mean, oh, God, Nurofen. I used to buy probably a packet a week from the supermarket. So, not oh, and any... the morning after pill, I mean, a morning after pill. Yeah. yeah. And I, 
not not only is it saving money, but you know, it's not great to be putting all these no all these pills into your no, body. You're rattling even around. Though, yeah, even though they're legal, you, doesn't yeah. doesn't mean they're good. It's much better to be able to live without them. Um, I spend a lot less money also on scare on scare <laughs> on scaring scare people. Yeah. <laughs> um, on um, on skin and hair products. So we I talked earlier about this dehydration that it's just impossible to hydrate yourself. Um, it's like a losing battle, really. Yeah. When you're dehydrated through alcohol and you sort of say to yourself, okay, I'm going to drink in between wines, which we heard is a total myth from yes. William Porter, or I'm going to drink loads before I go out, or of course I'm going to drink the following morning when I've got a hangover, but no amount of water will dehydrate what you lost when yes. you were drinking. Um, and the only way you can get hydrated again is to stop the alcohol intake. And that's when you notice the difference to your hair and your skin. I was going for skin needling and mm. vitamin A masks. I was buying really expensive hair products to try and stop my hair being so dry. Just don't need it. I buy it off the supermarket shelf now. It comes so from were, the inside out. So you're actually counteracting everything that you're doing because you were spending all this money on face mm. care and hair care and everything. And then you're pouring wine down your neck and it wasn't doing anything. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. And you're trying to... You're trying to sort of repair yourself with with things that you buy and put on your skin. Outside things. But it's not making yeah. any difference. The only way to heal and to heal and to hydrate is to stop the drinking. And then yes. you don't need the expensive products. Yeah. For me, I get a lot better sleep by the drinking dreams that I do still get every now and then. Um, and I just wanted to say that like sobriety in general... A year and a half on for me, and I know for Vic, who's four years into it, that the changes are still noticeable and the body is still healing. Mm. I can still see changes in my body. I can still see changes when I look in the mirror. So for those people who decide to give up for three months but are thinking, oh, shall I carry on going? Sobriety is a gift that keeps giving. And yep. that is so true when it comes to your health. Um, and another thing as well that's changed so much for me is that I can recognize feelings in my own body now. For 25 years, from when I started having my period up until when I came, became sober, I never knew my period was coming mm. until the day it came. I never recognized any signs, no mental feelings, no physical feelings. And now I can tell straight away, yeah. I'm like, it's coming now because I'm in touch with my yeah. body. It's scary not being in touch with your body. There could be something seriously wrong with you, yeah. but you don't realize. Say you wake up in the morning with a headache seven days in a row, I'd be concerned about that and be going to the doctor. But if you're hungover every day, yeah. then you don't even know that something's happening to you that could be cause for concern. So, it masks yeah. everything else that's going on in your body and it hides it so away. true. I mean, you could be masking serious illness that you could be you actually could getting be. help for yeah. because you think it's a hangover, you think it's because you're drinking. Uh, yeah, that is crazy. I just wanted to quickly run through. I did put it on the... Um, sober awkward instagram page to ask a few people and a few people on our on our on our facebook group to see and on cuppa actually to see what people thought and how how their bodies had had healed and changed since they gave up drinking um carly says she had heaps less bloating a body shape change as well was huge bloating bloating she stopped going boating (laughs) that's what i thought you said she's not a member of the yacht club anymore Uh, Tamara, she has more energy. Michelle, clear eyes, not reading with one eye closed. Exactly what yeah. I said. 
not seeing double anymore. Dave said more libido, better orgasm. No yeah. brewer's droop. Oh, brewer's droop. What a brilliant word that is. Mm. Um, nothing to do with coco van, I don't think, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Same connotations there. I would um, know nothing about that. Never happened. <laughs> no. Schmally, no more antidepressants, just like Lucy. Devon said she's got lower blood pressure. She went to the doctors and it had gone down. Anita, brain function, vocabulary and brain cells returned. Eleanor, no more heartburn. Catherine, acne gone. Abby, mm. not lactose intolerant anymore. Yeah. So that's exactly what we're talking about, yeah. masking issues. I thought I had tummy issues. <laughs> yeah. I had a gallstone. She thought she was lactose mm. intolerant. She was numbing it out We with think booze. it's everything else other than the one that's yeah, right but, in front of our yeah, eyes. Exactly. Um, thicker hair, better sleep, less anxiety. Um, and one woman even put she had, her eyelashes had grown longer yeah. since she gave up well, that drinking. that makes sense. It's like a flower not being watered, isn't it, Lucy? Yes, like it those is. flowers in your garden that you were talking to every day when you were a yeah. drinker and then when you become sober everything regrows yeah, and you flourish starts, you flourish and mm. everything and I always use that word blossom with you is mm. you become like a blossoming flower yeah. and everything starts to grow again and work again and function again you're not killing it by putting some horrible Poison plant killer in the soil exactly yeah. and, and, and it just keeps coming as well and I can't stress that enough it's not something that oh, okay this is as good as it gets after three months yeah. you continue to heal and you just feel better on the inside and you look better on the outside as well so it's clear binge drinking has had a huge effect on all of our lives hardly any of them are positive and we have had a few weird wonderful elements sticking around for the ride but generally since giving up we both feel a billion times more healthy so true I know what we've talked about is a little bit often depressing stats and side effects of alcohol that will shake you up. But we hope they'll stop you reaching for the fridge and that bottle of salve that's banging around in there. Because if you do, you might be dealing with some horrible and avoidable bodily dysfunctions way beyond your stonking hangover. Heed these warnings, I say, don't you, Lucy? Yeah. Booze is not good for you. Like asbestos, it's a level one carcinogen. Oh, this is the word. This is where we struggle with it. Carcinogen. There you go. And what does carcinogen mean, Lucy? Well, it's a chemical or physical agent that causes cancer. Why so would you put that in your body? A chemical and physical agent that causes cancer. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more clear than that, is there? Yeah. Don't say no more. 25 years of shoveling it in there, Vic. Shoveling what were the, we the doing? into our body, <laughs> laughing, throwing our heads <laughs> back with laughter. Ha <laughs> ha, look at me with my shots, downing my canarsogen that's going to cause me cancer. It's <laughs> such a deceiving <laughs> thing, isn't it? Because oh, it's you, evil. You, you feel good when you put it in there, but yeah. it's killing you. Oh, terrible. Okay, all right, we've got some tips haven't we? It's just our to lovely share, top titties. If anyone can bear to listen oh, any longer. More depressing information <laughs> for you to, to take on. Sorry, people. We're doing it for it's everybody's like benefit. Horrible history. Yeah, yeah. It's a love it's it's love in a negative form. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Six thousand people. <laughs> die per year in Australia from alcohol-related illness. The numbers are huge. It's time to take them seriously and understand that you don't have to be an extreme alcoholic to suffer from alcohol-induced illness. No matter how much alcohol you consume, it will be impacting your health. 
Go to your doctor. I think we say that in nearly every podcast. We do. Um, and get a checkup. Get the once over from someone more qualified than us two cowboys. It doesn't take much to be more qualified than us. Uh, you might. It might make you think about your consumption and it might make you consider making some changes. Yep, hopefully. If you feel like it's too late, we are here to slap you around the chops and tell you it most certainly is not. Never give up on yourself. You are here and now is the chance to change. Take the steps to heal your body. Everybody, including you, is worthy of a healthy life. Stop ignoring the damage it's doing and get reading. Find out what alcohol is really doing to your body. We recommend delving into the reality of alcohol to get the bigger picture. Read those cancer stats. Yeah. <laughs> what an Come interesting on. thing Come to on, do. Come on, over your cereal tomorrow morning. <laughs> we, we'll That's what we want you to do. People. Yeah, we're going to send emails out. <laughs> we'll put a what test on Cuppa. Yeah. <laughs> Research the effect on liver function. Come on, Even people. more interesting. I've got books on it. <laughs> uh, educate yourself on the impact alcohol has on your heart. And look at a Yorkshire Terrier's haircut. Just look at a Yorkshire look Terrier. At, look at Vic. <laughs> look at me. And then look at a Yorkshire Terrier. Funny enough, do, do you think I look like anyone famous? Uh, I look a bit like Elton John today because I've got these funny glasses on. But actually, when I look in the mirror, I do look very much like Boy George. I don't think you look like Boy George. Later on in his sort of um, community service era. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I, Seriously, I, I, I do look I, like Boy George. I can't see it. I'll have to see it's, the picture you're It's less Yorkshire Terrier, more Boy George nowadays. Yeah, so see what sobriety does to you. You'll end up looking, looking like, Boy a, George. Yeah, like a failing DJ. <laughs> Oh, don't. No, we love boy, George. Um, do the study and make your own decision about alcohol. We promise that alone will be enough to terrify you into making change. Been there, done that. We've done drinking. We did it for half of our precious lives. Now it's time to try a new way and a healthier way, a way that does not involve us harming ourselves anymore. Time to treat that beer gut like a temple and love your body again. Yeah. It's time to unpickle like that. As your brain loses the booze-infused fuzziness, you will learn about yourself and your body, which is what we were just saying. You'll mm. learn what it needs and what it thrives on, which is often lots of cakes and tea. Alcohol will become a thing of the past, and if you stick to sobriety, you will feel change happen that will make the journey not only fascinating, but also healing in every sense. Yeah, what we've learned from this podcast today and the research we've done this week is that our bodies heal. For some, it may take longer, but it does get better. We can become one of those annoying people that gets up and watches the sunrise. We can go for a walk up a mountain. We can learn to treat our bodies with more respect. In Lucy and I's experience, you need to be sober to do that. Yeah, you do. You need to be sober like us to look back and see what a mess we were making of it. Bloody hypocrites. Yeah, that's what we are. A pair of bloody hypocrites, if you ask me. <laughs> Didn't someone else have a go at you because we hadn't done a podcast? Yeah, someone was upset that they hadn't done a podcast for ages. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no it's feeling it shows, the pressure. Yeah, feeling the pressure. We're, we're back on form, don't yeah. worry. Yeah, and we've got a quote here. Go on then, Luce. I'm going to read it. Yeah. Health is not valued until sickness comes and that's by Thomas Fuller and it's so true mm, isn't it so, so don't true. get don't get to that point where sickness comes yeah. like we were saying at the very beginning of the podcast give up when it's your choice and you've got the power over it because you feel really good about sobriety then don't wait until you get so ill 
that you have to give it up and it's out of your hands. I think there's a funny quote by Billy Connolly about that, isn't there, about him having to give up before anyone else yes. told him to. Yeah, 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 that's right, there is. Um, the, the book this week is something I read while I was away on holiday. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked by Ikaro Kishami or Kishimi. Um, I just wanted to recommend this to people because it, it resonates with the sober journey a little bit because it's about you being proud enough of yourself and, and wise enough and um, confident enough to, to be disliked. Um, and also it makes it, it makes it very clear. When I read it, I, I was going up the Sydney Harbour Bridge that, that day mm. and I was feeling quite nervous about it. But I bought the book at the airport and I read it on the plane on the way down to Sydney. And the first couple of chapter, chapters are just about deciding how you feel about something. And I was feeling nervous before I climbed the bridge. And I, I, I just saying that to myself made me nervous. I realised I was creating my own emotion about the situation. And, and I read a couple of chapters of this book and I got to the start of the climb and I went I'm going to decide to enjoy this and that was the difference that reading a couple of chapters made I decided to change my mental like um, stream that I was going on which was negative and change it to something positive and just enjoy the event rather than force myself into this false world inside my brain that made me think I was scared because actually I wasn't scared yeah and it was me mind, that mindset mindset isn't it? mind over matter exactly yeah, I, I'm more more fascinated about how you managed to read a few chapters of book when you're on a plane with three <laughs> very young children how did I you sat do somewhere that? else <laughs> I pretended I didn't know them. The play. Have you seen those terrible children misbehaving <laughs> up there? Who the hell are they? Yeah. Um, just a quick bit about that book. It's a Japanese phenomenon that teaches us the simple yet profound lessons required to liberate our real selves and find lasting happiness. I mean... I mean, we all want a bit of that, don't we? We do. And I've got the book and I have started it. I'm finding it a bit harder going, this but I do understand it and I will book. see it yeah. through. But yeah. yeah, it's like try all these different books because some suit and some don't. Yeah. And I think also it's one of those books that you might want to read a chapter, absorb that chapter for a week mm. and then come back to it. Yeah. It might be a bit of a toilet book. Um, where you can, you know, probably the, the author won't like me saying that, but it's like one of those ones that you that you need to have a break from and can come back to when you've got a moment. For me, actually, Lucy, I'm saying that because it's the only time I get on my own. What, what, with three young kids, I'm fascinated yeah. that you So even, I can lock the door, you see. How do you, you get to go to the toilet on your own yeah. with three well, young kids? I don't, I, there is often a toilet party, but now I'm learning that I have to lock the door and creep off so nobody knows I'm doing what knows what I'm doing and then I can get five minutes to read a chapter of a book so you don't have to read it on the toilet but yeah, I if you're to... a mum like me then that's probably the only place you're going to do I it. I was very impressed when you recommended it to me because I was like when do you get time to read? Yeah. <laughs> I was literally my children were gagged in the corner of the room and I was like quick get some information inside me. Mind over matter. Mind over matter. Yeah. <laughs> oh thanks for listening guys and go on to Cuppa this week it's cuppa.community c-u-p-p-a dot community and go and meet your sober crew go and meet the sober awkward community we're so excited to give you this gift of sobriety and of having people there that understand what you're going through so get on there yeah and come on and chat about this podcast on there as yeah. well there'll be a, a section on there where you can come on and add your thoughts and um, abuse us and tell us we're hypocrites or whatever yeah. you want no don't <laughs> slag us off that's one rule no slagging us off yeah be kind yeah be kind thanks everybody thank you Thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward podcast. If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. 
Contact your local doctor, a therapist, or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yes, go onto Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy, the group. Lucy and I both agree that even though this journey can be awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com. And Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstockmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review and share it with your mates. Don't make it sound like they have to, though. No, they do have to. I'm not doing all this for nothing, Lucy. No, no.